everyone. Welcome back to the Foundation-based series of the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast here at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Anu. And my name is Abdul. MS2s, it's crazy to be saying this, but we finally made it to the last chunk of new material we have to learn before we put it all together. If thinking about how close the multi-organ synthesis block and dedicated are is too much right now, don't worry about it. Just focus on here and now, which is the reproductive block. We are delighted to have the block directors with us today, Dr. Willis Gray, Dr. Kernick. Thank you both so much for being here. If you would, please tell us a little more about who you are and what you do here at UNC. All right, wonderful. Well, my name is Marcella Willis-Gray. I am an assistant professor um, in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Uh, I am a fellowship-trained urogynecologist, and I uh, practice out in Raleigh at Rex mostly, um, but I took over as co-director um, of the Repro Block last year, and that was great, and I'm looking forward to a, another great year. It is a pleasure to have you with us today. To jump right in, we're just finishing the endocrine block and had a very important and valuable session in gender-affirming care this week, which feels like a great transition into the reproductive block. Before we talk about the block itself, can you comment a little more on the interplay between endocrinology and other specialties seen in the reproductive block, such as urology and OBGYN? Are there some major connections between the two systems that we should keep in mind as we start this new block? Absolutely. So I think you all will see some connections with the endocrine block um, and our reproductive genital urinary health rotation. Things such as the menstrual menstrual cycle, puberty, pregnancy, um, all have those interplays with endocrine that I think you'll you'll probably recognize and and I think it's helpful that that leads into this uh, course. And uh, bringing it back to the logistics, tell us more about the reproductive block itself. What should we expect to see in the coming weeks in terms of structure and content? Great. So we have five weeks of fun here in in the reproductive uh, medicine block. So week one is basically more structure and function of the male and female reproductive system. You'll focus on more anatomy, embryology, physiology, histology during that week. Week two, we shift more, a little more clinical, but it's more male slash pediatric genital urinary um, medicine. Week three um, is my bread and butter a little bit more, gynecology. Um, things like contraception, abortion, menopause, GYN pathology, all, all is in week three. Week four is a short week, um, but we have some reproductive and genital urinary microbiology, biochem, and farm. We'll head into Thanksgiving, um, and then we finish up week five. A little bit more of a dense week leading up to the final on, on Friday, but it focuses on obstetrics, labor and delivery, um, and uh, reprogenetics. Very cool. Definitely packed. Five weeks of fun for sure. Um, on another logistical note, we see a lot of modules and optional anatomy labs early on in the block. How should students utilize these resources in learning the material? Also, we saw that there are some podcast modules. How did these differ from the traditional modules we worked with thus far? Sure. Uh, great question. And um, so I'll address first the uh, optional anatomy modules, uh, or I'm sorry, the optional anatomy demonstration sessions. During the second week of the block, I will be holding some sessions in the anatomy lab where I'll have a pre-dissected male and female pelvis. And uh, students can sign up for a session. It's a 30-minute session at some time around their own convenience during the second week of the block where they can come in in a group of eight or 10 students. They can gather around me and I'll demonstrate the important anatomy of the male and the important anatomy of the female reproductive and genitourinary organs. So you don't need to wear gloves. You don't need to wear a lab coat. You just come in, gather around. You can see it. And if students have questions, I can answer questions for them. But it should be very, very high yield review of that important anatomy. 
We do have about 10 required reproductive medicine modules for students to do. <clears throat> now, most of these are very, very short, and we open them on particular days during the block that we think it correlates with the lecture material for that particular day. Uh, they don't have to be done on that day. They can be done at your own convenience. These are going to be uh, uh, similar to the endocrine block where students will get credit for viewing them. And there's no test at the end of it. You just can click on the module uh, and at your own pace kind of listen to the information. And uh, they're not dense. They're, they're, they're very friendly and overarching uh, information about puberty and the sexual response. And uh, I have some pre-lab modules that students can look at. There's, a really, there's two really good radiology modules that are made by the radiology department. And so I, I don't want students to be nervous about those. They're quick, they're helpful, and you can do them basically at your own time. And then you'll see that in the reproductive block, we have some podcasts. And what those are is pathologists and physicians from UNC and Duke are demonstrating on a specimen different cancers and different pathologies. And most of these podcasts are about one minute long. All right. And so it might show you a breast tumor for a minute. And then in another podcast, it might show you a, a vaginal tumor or a tumor of the cervix. And so some of them are performed by physicians at Duke, some by physicians and pathologists here at UNC. And so they're very, very quick, but they should help you with one of the small groups in the lab and just your overall pathology and gross pathology understanding of some of the tumors uh, in the reproductive block. The, there's going to be a, uh, a problem set for each week of the block, and these problem sets are not long. They're about 25 questions uh, for each week, and we try to focus that material that will help the students uh, uh, concentrate on the important concepts for that particular week, and it should help students in preparation for the NBME midterm and the NBME final. So the first week of the block is basic structure and function of the male and female reproductive, and there's a, a problem set that has histology on it and some physiology and anatomy questions that really will help you to, to, uh, to consolidate your knowledge of that important information. The second week, there's a problem set on the urology system. Uh, again, that one we believe will help you uh, as you're preparing for the midterm exam. We'll have one after the uh, female GYN week and then one for the uh, labor and delivery week. And so each of these problem sets, students uh, can work with their classmates, work with their friends, get the answers, and then they just have to submit their own answers uh, on ExamSoft. But each problem set is worth 5% of the overall uh, block grade, so you can earn about 20% of the block grade there by doing those. It's basically a, about 100 practice questions, you know, for the students throughout the block, and we'll provide additional practice questions as well. And looking at the schedule, we see a little bit of all of the different coils, anatomy, pathology, microbiology, pharmacology. In fact, we've heard that there is a lot of pharmacology in this particular block. Is this a topic or trouble area that students will likely have to spend more time on to absorb better? And in your experience, where do, where do students struggle the most in this block? 
Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of farm, and it's hard for me to compare my block to, to others. Um, I think it's a reasonable amount, and I think um, the great thing is Dr. Fiordalisi does a wonderful job, as I'm sure he does in, in, in other blocks, kind of presenting the information. And then during the block, you'll notice there's a couple of sessions um, where it's kind of a clinical pharmacology kind of joint session that Dr. Fiordalisi and myself do to kind of wrap it all together, um, make it make sense, put a, a, a more clinical correlation on things to kind of help you all retain some of that farm info because I know it can be it can be pretty dense. Um, you know, I can't say there's a particular section where folks kind of get into trouble. I think with the, the farm quiz in the middle to kind of reinforce some of the material and then again, those joint um, sessions that I do with him, um, I think you all will do, will do, will do well with the farm. So I, I you know. I wouldn't worry too much about that. The clinical aspect mixed with the farm, I feel like that sounds pretty unique and it might help us kind of contextualize that a little better. So that's very cool. Um, thinking about content, uh, what would you say are the high yield topics in this block, both for test taking purposes and on the wards? Um, so for thinking about test taking, uh, more of a test taking uh, a, a purpose, I think, like I said, the block's pretty lean. So I think it's, again, hard to say what um, specifically will be um, focused or leaned on more heavily for exams. Um, I do think you'll notice that there are sessions where we talk about specifically like breast path or, or GYN path. And there are lectures, but there's also small groups, again, to reinforce that material. So you all kind of you know, if we have two sessions devoted to that topic, probably should pay a lot of attention to that, um, right? And again, I think doing those multiple sessions really helps reinforce the material. So you don't have to spend a lot of extra time reviewing it. Um, and then also in those small groups, putting kind of a clinical picture on things, I think helps reinforce, helps you all remember um, things and retain um, the information for the exams. And then also when you get to the wards, right? If you have a kind of a clinical picture in your head um, and you go to the wards third year and you see a patient, that has a similar, you know, breast cancer history or GYN pathology or, or uro, urology, um, urologic pathology. Um, it'll it'll trigger some things, and 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 you'll remember more than than you think you would. I think there are some. Um, so as you know, repro uh, the reproductive block is very dense, but and there's also a lot of information that we think you would want to know, and we think you should know that won't necessarily be tested. All right. There are questions. There are uh, a wonderful new lecture we have this year that Dr. Figler, a urologist, has given on gender affirming surgery. He's a urologist that does these surgeries. I think that lecture will be great as far as reinforcing some of the um, anatomy topics that you'll review. Um, but there won't be specific questions right on the exam because the question bank we use won't doesn't have those <laughs> options for us to choose. Right. We'll be clear on what lectures um, will be uh, tested and won't be tested on. So you don't have to worry about that. And there's only a couple that that aren't. And again, unfortunately, we just don't have um, options in the question bank to get questions for those. Um, but we do think it's still important, still really, really useful information to know and we think you'll enjoy it. Definitely looking forward to it. And kind of on this topic of high yield topics, many medical students, including ourselves, tend to gravitate towards third party resources. How should students go about incorporating lectures and third-party resources in their learning for this block? Um, I think as you mentioned um, earlier in this, in this podcast, right, you're getting towards the end, right? So I think you all know what works for you. Um, and 
you know, I think Dr. Koenig and myself have structured the the block where, you know, we have the bread and butter, butter lectures that you should, you know, attend or listen, listen to. There are these uh, podcasts and um, questions that we'll provide for you to reinforce the material, to practice the material, so you retain the information. And then I think you should use what you've been using that, that works for you. But I think using what we provide as a, as a foundation um, and then re- and using your third-party resources as uh, as a supplement, I think that's kind of the, the way you should go. And I, and I think at this point, you all kind of know what works and what doesn't. So I trust your, trust yourself and trust what's been working for you. So changing gears a little, given that we don't see any patient presentations in this block, we'd love to hear more about your experience with the value of what we learn in this block and its applications in the clinical setting. Yeah, I think a lot of students may not have had a lot of exposure to reproductive health genital urinary health kind of prior to med school. And I think this course will provide a foundational knowledge that you'll need when you go into your clinical year um, and when you're caring for these people. You know, reproductive health, genital urinary health, you're going to be put in these situations where people feel really vulnerable, right? Maybe embarrassed, um, could be really good things, could be not so great things that you're going to deal with uh, on the wards when you when you get there. Um, and I think having this foundation of knowledge um, that we'll provide during the block is, is really going to be useful um, when you get there. Now, the reproductive block is a pretty long block. While we've had our fair share of marathon blocks at this point, uh, how should students pace themselves and promote wellness throughout this block, especially with Thanksgiving break in the middle and step one kind of looming over the horizon um, as we approach December? What should we do if we find ourselves falling behind? Yeah, so I think Dr. Koenig and myself have paced the block um, pretty well. Um, and, you know, we got feedback from last year, and I think they, they thought it was even maybe a little bit slower, honestly, than it needed to be kind of towards the end. So we took that into uh, account as well. You know, we structured it in a way that hopefully limits some of the cognitive overload that you may feel, you know, having too many lectures or unnecessary lectures. You know, again, we provide you with modules and problem sets um, to reinforce topics that we've dis- discussed, hopefully reinforce um, the, the information so you don't have to always feel like you have to go back and 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 restudy and reread material. You know, I think what's really nice about the modules and the problem sets is it's not just busy work, right? We give you some credit for it. Not a ton, but some credit for doing doing the work. Um, and giving you this credit allows the midterm and the final to be weighted less. So you don't feel that pressure of, oh my gosh, I only have these two big exams. And if I, you know, don't do as well as I wanted to on one, like, oh my God, it's over. Um, so we hopefully that will decrease some of the stress that you have. Um, you know, I know the block um, kind of um, crosses into uh, the Thanksgiving uh, week four. Wednesday, you don't have any assignment. You don't have any classes um, or, or, or things that are assigned to you that Wednesday. So hopefully, you know, that'll give you some time um, to recharge kind of going into that Thanksgiving um, weekend. You know, be with your family, be with your friends, um, do whatever you need to do. If you do get behind, you got a little bit more time to catch up, especially going into that last that last week where we get have some uh, denser material in the um, OB labor and delivery um, topics and going into that final, that's that Friday, that next Friday after Thanksgiving. Perfect. Thank you. Now, I know we said at the beginning that we can make dedicated a later problem if thinking about it right now is too anxiety inducing. Briefly, though, can you give some words of wisdom about how we can maintain our motivation through this block and learn the content in a way that will reduce our review time during dedicated? Yeah, I would say take advantage of the problem sets that we give you. 
you know, you know, getting into dedicated time, prepping for step one, you know, questions, 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 you know, that's how you retain the information, you know, push yourself to understand the why. And I think our block sets you up well to do that. And hopefully you won't have to do a lot of reproductive medicine, um, genital urinary health review um, in your dedicated time. You could devote that time to some of the things that are a little bit that you learned a little while ago. Um, So you don't have to focus so much on the reproductive health. You already have it, um, have it pretty locked down. And a quick follow-up question for Dr. Kernick. Could you also briefly comment on the multi-organ synthesis block in December and what we should expect? Sure. So students' final block of the preclinical curriculum is the multi-organ system block, or MOS. Uh, Students are going to enjoy this. Uh, You may remember uh, Dr. Beth Jonas from uh, the MSK block. She taught the arthritis and um, some rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis in the MSK block. She is the block director for MOS. She's a great physician. She's a fantastic educator. And this block concentrates on some diseases that are very overarching, uh, vasculitis, uh, lupus, uh, some other rheumatoid type diseases uh, that, uh, that, that just come into play in various organ systems. And, you know, some of that we couldn't teach in some of the other organ systems to talk about lupus during the renal block. Students don't have enough clinical information uh, to understand all the uh, nuances of that disease. So we do some of these disease states then in the multi-organ system. It's a good uh, prep then as you head into your study for step one to, to, to learn some of these important diseases. And she'll bring in some uh, some of your favorite lectures from some of the other organ systems, like um, uh, you know, from hematology and renal. And so everybody comes back, and it, it, it it's great fun in that blog. And switching it up a little bit, on a fun note, what is one fact about the reproductive system that you think surprises people? Um, I think it's amazing, but I'm biased, <laughs> right? I think I think all reproductive health, I think genital urinary health is is really really cool. Um, but I do realize that it's somewhat of a specialized topic, right? You have folks that probably have known since day one that oh my goodness, reproductive health, whatever it is, OBGYN, urology, family medicine, whatever it is, they they love it, and they want to do it, and it's the best thing ever. Then you have a majority of people that do not feel that way, right? It's, it's, it's another course. It's something they have to pass to get to the next level. Um, I think the really great thing about this block and what you'll learn in this block is that you'll realize how many um, other specialties reproductive health crosses, right? No matter what field you all go into, whether it be medicine, radiology, anesthesiology, emergency medicine, path, you're going to have reproductive health things that you, disease processes that you need to understand. You're going to need to care for these people um, in situations, um, in, in whatever specialty you go into. So I think that part's um, pretty cool um, when you kind of realize realize that it's called a, kind of all-encompassing, no matter your interest. You have a little bit of everything in, in reproductive health. Well, those are all of the questions that we have for you. We'd like to leave some room now for you to share any other thoughts or insights that you might have could be about anything, this block, medicine, life, et cetera. That's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think as far as, you know, prepping again, this is my second year um, doing this. Um, so I'm relatively a new face to a lot of folks that have, have been doing this for a lot of years. And I think it's it's cool for, for students to know that you have a lot of really dedicated people um, in the School of Medicine and that kind of develop not only the reproductive block act 
um, obviously, but everything that goes into kind of the the preclinical years. And I think that's pretty cool f- for me to see, you know, as more of an outsider kind of kind of starting up my my career on more of the education side. Um, really great people work really hard, um, but are also um, really, really receptive to feedback. And for myself, I, you know, I want to hear your thoughts, your concerns um, about the block. Um, so I want you all to feel, and I'm pretty sure Dr. Kernick feels the same way. And I know you know him, um, know him pretty well at this point. You know, we welcome and encourage any feedback um, about the block. Um, I wish this block was longer and eight to five every day. And I could teach you every single thing uh, about reproductive medicine, but that's not possible. Um, So, and I know there's a lot of topics we won't be able to cover. Um, But if you wanted to know more about it, um, had questions about things, you know, and I'll say this at the intro lecture, um, please reach out. I know last year I um, took, you know, questions and and, and emails from folks and, and found articles for people and posted them on, on, what was then Sakai, but this will be Canvas. Um, if you wanted to read, if you had time and an interest on a topic, I'll find some good articles for you um, on, on different topics that we don't have enough time to kind of address um, in, in detail during the course. So um, I think we're really, really receptive um, and I'm really looking forward to getting to know this class. I think that is a beautiful note to end on. Definitely reach out uh, if you have any questions. And thank you both so much for being here and sharing some of your time and wisdom with us today. To our listeners, that was Dr. Marcella Willis-Gray and Dr. Ed Kernick in a quick snapshot into the reproductive block. My name is Abdul. My name is Anu. Be sure to follow the Tar Heel Prescription on Instagram to keep up with our speaker highlights and latest episodes. And please give us any feedback or suggestions for episode topics by either contacting us directly or filling out the Google form we recently circulated. Thank you for tuning in today, and we will see you next time on the Tar Heel Prescription. Thank you.